Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining in for this Global GEG presentation. And it is the beginner's guide for G Suite. And it is, in particular, this session is Google Slides. So I'm going to do my best to keep it as intro as we can. I'll probably drop a few little extra kind of next level tips and tricks in there as we go. But for the most part, it'll be a nice, fairly easygoing intro. And if you're joining live, please feel free to jump into the chat. Tell us where you're from, what you do, where you are in your level of expertise on G Suite, what you might be looking for out of this session. And hopefully as I go through, we'll hit a lot of those things. And as time permits, we'll circle back for some questions as well. But again, hopefully you're here for the beginner's guide series and this session on Google Slides. I am Patrick Hausman. You can find a lot of my stuff at PHAS EDU and the nonprofit I started connected to my Google Innovator project to help schools with their PD needs is unisonedu.org. And you can see a few other badges there on the screen. And as always, any of those things that you see from innovator, trainer, and the different ambassador badges, reach out anytime if you're looking for reaching for one of those. And I'd be more than happy to collaborate and help you out to getting there. But without further ado, we'll go ahead and jump into the slides. But I'm going to back up for one second to this first slide. Just to point out, there is a bit.ly in the bottom left that will get you directly to this slide deck. And there will also be a link towards the end of the presentation. I'm sure it'll get into the chat here at some point too, to the website from Global GEG that'll get you all of the slide decks, all of the videos, as well as a link to the playlist where all these videos will be housed. So know that the slide deck is linked there for you. You can fire it up, you can bookmark it, do make a copy, whatever works for you. And then on either the bottom left or right-hand side of the slides as we go through, you're gonna also see that link there for you too. So you'll have the resources in a variety of ways and a variety of places, so you always have something to come back to. Slide number three is going to be your hub in this session to kind of look at the different table of contents as far as what we're gonna look at. First, we'll look at how we're gonna access. We'll go through some of the menus and toolbars naming, organizing, all the way down to some bonus tips and different resources. So we have a decent amount to cover, but again, we'll take it fairly slow. We'll go for the short and sweet and a nice intro session as we go through today. So the first thing I'll point out to you is how to access. It's on your slide here for you a couple different ways, but I also wanna make sure I live demo it a bit for you as well. So one of the biggest ways that I get to slides is coming in through Drive, I'll go to new, and then I have Google Slides right there within that menu as one of the main things on that first screen. One of the things a lot of times I forget about though is right next to where it says Google Slides, if I come to that arrow, then I'm gonna get that choice to do a blank presentation or choose a template that Google has pre-made that I can launch in with. So it's a nice thing to think about if you just wanna start from scratch, you can just click Slides here if you want a template, know that that option is there for you as well. Another tip that I'll toss out here is if possible, make sure you find where you might wanna create that slide deck. So for me, I wanna make this one right where I have the one for today. So I right click that file, asked it to where that file is in Drive. So you can now see my breadcrumbs across the top. I'm right in that folder. So I can right click in that folder 
and I can also create slides from there. And you can see I have that arrow on the side where I can choose that template or a blank presentation. It's really good if you create from within the folder because then you don't have to move it after the fact. It's right there for you already, already nicely organized where you want it to be. Another tip that you can use, if I open a new tab here, and I'll go ahead and slide that one down to where my other things are, there's three different short URLs that you can use to create a presentation. That is either going to be slides.new, and I'll go ahead and click on this next slide, slides.new, slide.new, or presentation.new. Any of those three is also going to spin up a presentation. It won't give you the option to automatically organize it like it would if you created it from the folder. And it's also not going to let you choose a template before you create it, but it is a really quick way to go ahead and jumpstart, get straight into a presentation using one of those options. The last option is to go to slides.google.com. And I should say there's actually one more. But if I go into slides.google.com, you're going to get this slides view that shows me all of my recent presentations, as well as the option to create a blank presentation at the top, or jump into the template gallery up here in the top right. And if I click that, it's going to expand those built-in templates that Google has. And these are those same options that I would have if I were to create from being in Drive, clicking New, Google Slides, from a template. Those templates are the same ones I see on this screen. And as you work within a school system or in a business, you can also custom curate a template gallery tied to your business or your school. So you may also have that template gallery to play with. And then last but not least, in our Waffle or App Launcher at the top right, you would also have the option to go to Drive or depending on your organization, you'll also have slides within that menu. I've spun mine around and I usually go to Drive first. That's why my Drive is all the way towards the top and slides is further down. But any which way that you want to get to it, go ahead and spin up a blank presentation if you haven't already so that you have one to play with as we go through some of the different slides. But so far there in those first few minutes, we've covered multiple different ways you can get to slides. It's really up to you how you wanna get there. The only other thing that I will point out is down here at the bottom, you'll see a make a copy image and a use template image. Those are both there just as a guide to when you attend the presentation, sometimes you'll get a screen that says make a copy. Sometimes you'll get one to use it as a template. Just know those are other ways that slide presentations get essentially copied or created, and then you can organize and get them where you want to from there. As we go ahead and roll down, the next thing is to look at some of the menus. And this is where it's really good if you have that blank presentation to play with, because you can create some things as we go through. First thing I would recommend before we get into any of the menus is go ahead and title your presentation something so that it kicks on that autosave, which we'll see right here when it says save to drive, and right here where it says last edit was X number of seconds ago. So once we're in the slideshow, we're gonna go ahead and just look at some of the things you see here. We're not gonna go through every menu all the way through, just tick on or touch on some of the main ones that 
really get used a ton. In the file menu, one of the biggest ones in the file menu is going to be your different options to download. Sometimes slides maybe doesn't have quite all the things that you want, all the bells and whistles. Sometimes you might need to take it into something like PowerPoint to add a few more things. So you have that option. You also have the option to download slides as images. Sometimes that is a good format to take into other presentations or to get produced at like a publisher. And probably the most often used one is the last one I'll touch on here, which is gonna be the PDF document, which will allow you to take that slideshow down as a PDF and have that format to be able to take out however you need to as far as sharing it. Other options you'll see in here is version history. And this is something that is linked into the slide deck on a little bit later slide. So remember that that's in the slide deck, but we'll skip it when we get there. You have two different options in the version history. Number one is to name the current version, which if I go ahead and click that, you could say this is draft one, or you could put the date in there. If you're doing group work or working on a project, you could put your name in there as a the person that's kicking it off. You, I could say Pat's draft one and hit save. And then if I come back into the file menu, go to version history and do C version history, you're gonna see that draft one is right there. I can rename that if I need to, but as a slideshow gets worked on multiple times by multiple people, every single change is gonna get spilled out in this version history. So it really helps you to track, especially with group work, how much effort is going into it, how many people have touched it, how long they've spent in it, how many changes they made. And at any point, I could click on an older version and I can get this option at the top to restore that version. So if I log in and my 100 slides are completely gone, I can always come into that version history, go back to a version where all my slides, all my content were there, hit restore this version. It's going to say, are you sure? And I'm right back to that slide presentation the way it was when I needed it before things got deleted, hopefully on accident. A couple last things I'm going to touch on here. And again, there's a lot more options in here, but I'm really just trying to touch on a few. The next one that I'll touch on is down here towards the bottom where you see page setup. It's going to default the size of the slides to your screen size on your computer. So I'm on a widescreen monitor right now. So if I click on that, I could make it standard four by three. For instance, if I know I'm going to present on a non widescreen projector, Maybe I want to make it so that my slideshow matches and projects well. If I know I'm creating something like a newsletter for the office or the school, I can also go to custom and I could make those slides eight and a half by 11. And I know I'm typing 11 by eight and a half, but that's to keep it on my kind of landscape model. But you can see then it's going to be changed to exactly a sheet of paper so that if I was going to create this, share it out, and somebody wanted to print it, that slideshow is gonna be exactly formatted to right size. My images won't distort, my text won't distort. It's gonna print exactly how they see it. And again, there's a lot more in that file menu. The last one we'll touch on is the option to print, but instead of just hitting print, I'm gonna click on print settings and preview so that we can see all of the options that you might have. And again, I just have one blank slide in this slideshow. So I'm actually gonna click back to the slide deck that has all of the slides for the presentation in it. 
and I'm going to click that same button to go into my print settings. And this one will take a little bit longer to spin up. So we might just let it run in the background. But as we look at the top here, you're going to see what options or what things do I have to present. I can choose one slide without notes. And this is how many things print on a page. I could say nine slides. I can tell it whether I want it to be portrait or landscape. I can hide the background. And I can also download it as a PDF on the screen. And apologies for the lag on my computer, but you should be seeing the slides on the center part. We'll hopefully try this again later and have the slides populate. But know on your screen, when you click into this menu, you should very well see the slides on your screen. And then your last step is going to be to click print on the very end. We'll go ahead and close our preview, go back to our slideshow, and tick through a few more of these menus. And in case I want to add something, I'm going to go ahead and come back to my test slideshow. And I can tell you probably the menu I use the least is going to be the edit menu, because a lot of these things in the edit menu, a lot of us are going to use the keyboard shortcuts for things like copy and paste, things like that, undo and redo. You'll notice Google tucks down this right side all of the keyboard shortcuts that do those different things. So for instance, when I undo, I pretty much always do control Z versus hitting it on clicking through the menus. So I'm gonna go ahead and skip through the edit menu and go to view. And again, a lot of these things in the view menu, I use other places, but one of the biggest things is gonna be present at the very top. And that's what's gonna take us into that full screen presentation mode. But one thing I want to point out outside of that present there is over here on the top right, where I have present, you're also going to see a little drop down arrow right next to present. And if I click on that, you're going to see you have a few different options. The main one I'm going to point out here is the presenter view. And the reason why I point that out in addition to presenting the other way is that this presenter view lets me, if I had a second monitor, which normally when you're presenting, you could do, it allows me to do, number one, see my speaker notes, which you can see is highlighted here, but it also allows me to use audience tools, which is a really nice way, just by clicking that one button, start new, that I can have a shortened URL on the top of my screen, which is going to let people ask questions. I don't have to create that beforehand. I don't have to queue up questions. All I have to do is use that presenter view, click that one button, and it's off and running and working for me. And I can always come back into it, turn it off, and that's going to take that option off, and I could still present as I would like. But just know you can click present if you're just going to do your normal thing. But anywhere that you see that little drop down, know that that's a bonus menu in slides that is going to be something that could be more features that you want to use. Other things in the view, your zoom is a good thing. As you zoom in and zoom out, that can help you see more and put fine detail into your slides. You can also do that through your keyboard as well. You can show the ruler, which you can see on the side here, helps you align things. And last but not least, you do have that full screen option in there as well. And again, we're going through some of the things, but we're not going to hit everything in the slides because a couple of these menus are things we really want to spend a little bit of time on because it's where you do the majority of things in slides. 
for instance, the insert menu is probably where you create 99% of your content. So in insert, one of the top things we have is image and go ahead and click on some of these as you play along so that you can see how they work. I'll touch on a couple, but feel free to bounce around as you're following. First thing in insert is upload from the computer. This is gonna be a screen that you've probably seen quite a bit. It'll just bring up a view into your computer and say, which image do you want? You can choose whatever image works, and then it's gonna go ahead and insert that image onto your slides. Once that image is on your slides, you then have the option to move it around. You can resize it, do all the different things you need to do, including if you double click, that allows you to very easily crop the image. And one of my favorite things, and this jumps into the toolbar, but you'll notice right here in the middle, if I hover over it, it says crop image. So that is the same thing I got when I double clicked. But again, anywhere you see that little triangle, that's gonna be some bonus goodness for you to check out. If I click on that, you'll notice I then get the option to crop this image in any shape that I see. And it's a really quick, really easy way to crop an image and make it look completely different within a few clicks. So a really cool thing that you can do as you insert images. You'll see you have other options, including searching from the web. It'll bring up a sidebar right within Google Slides so that you can find an image that you want and tuck that right into your slideshow, pardon me, by dragging and dropping, or you could double click. And again, once it's there, you can crop it, you can do whatever you need to, including linking the image by hovering over the link here at the top. If I would click on that, I could link that image out to the website it came from. I could link it to whatever website really matched for content. Other things within insert that I'll point out, and I won't actually put all of these in, but you'll notice you have text box. So in slides, I can't just double click the slide to get a text box. If I right click it, you'll actually notice text box isn't an option there. I have to either use insert and do text box, or you'll notice that same symbol I see in the menu is also on my toolbar. So you'll notice a lot of these things as I go through some of the menus, image, I have that icon right there, same icon that I see on my toolbar. And you notice I have that triangle, so I'm always gonna click that. And this menu should look very similar to what I just saw when I went insert and looked at that menu. So it's really your preference. A lot of the different things you see in some of the menus, for instance, when I was in edit, I saw undo and redo. I see those right underneath on the toolbar. I saw print in the file menu. I also see that in the toolbar. It's really your preference as to which one you do. But if I wanted to do a text box, I can hit it either place. And then I just draw the text box I need, type in it, whatever I want. And then you'll notice as I click on things on the slides, I get some different toolbars popping up. So you'll notice I pointed out these things were the same but you'll notice if I click off of that text box, look what happens after that bar. Click on the text box, whole different range of tools, click on just the slide, an entirely different toolbar. 
So as you go through things, if I say like, do this to change text and you I don't see that toolbar, make sure you click on the text box and then all of those options are gonna come up and you'll see, for instance, for text, I can fl flood fill the color of the text box. I can change the color of the outline of the text box. I can change how thick it is. I can change the way it looks. And all of those things are just different clicks down this bar. I can come in and change the font. I could change the size of the font. If I hate all the fonts in my bar, I can come in and click on more fonts. And that's going to load a screen that's going to let me choose from tons and tons of different fonts. I could even go in and tell it that I want to see just scripts. And I'm going to see all script fonts. You can sort it by popularity. What are a lot of people using? So know you have a ton of different options. That is also where if I have so many fonts here, I can't find anything. If I open that back up and I uncheck one of those fonts, that's going to take it out of that list. Or you can also see on the right-hand side all of these fonts that I can click the X on to remove those fonts from the list so I'm not quite as overwhelmed. Coming down from there, you're going to see even more things like bold, italic, underline. I can change the color of my font. I could highlight my font if I wanted to. And by no means am I trying to design this so it looks nice. I would probably never actually use these fonts and colors together. But as you come down through, if you truly are beginning to use slides and really jumping in for like the first time, Come through and create a text box, change the font, add a font in, highlight it, change the color, poke all of these different things now, go down all the little rabbit holes so you know how they work. We added a link to a picture. Adding a link to text is the exact same thing, making sure you have the text highlighted. And then I would just click on link. One of the nice things with a link, though, is I can link it out to the website or I can link to slides in the presentation. So if we had looked at the main slideshow that has this table of contents, if I were to click on any of these and hit edit so I could see the link, you can see all I did was type some text in and link it to a slide in the slideshow. So I very quickly then, all I had to do, type, do the link, hit apply. And within a few minutes, I have a really nice table of contents that makes this slideshow really easy to follow for people. And it would be the same thing here. I would just say that's on slide one, hit apply. And that's now linked to that slide and would be the beginning of a table of contents if that's what I was going for. And we'll go ahead and continue across the toolbar here since I took a deep dive in. And then we'll go ahead and look at some of the menus a little bit more. So we went and looked at link. The next thing is adding a comment. The main thing I'll point out here is exactly what it says in the grayed out print on the screen. It says comment or add others with an at symbol. If I wanted, for instance, my wife to help me go ahead and proofread this as I usually do, I just do the at symbol, type in her email and hit comment. And it's going to ask me right away, oh, this isn't shared with her. If you want her to check it out, it's got to be shared. So I know I can change that share setting to either edit or comment, hit comment. That's gonna go ahead and email her that it's ready for her to check out. And then I can also, of course, go ahead 
and delete at any point if I queued up the wrong person. You can also assign it to them so that it pops up and they actually check it off themselves when it's done, ready to go. And again, click the three dots, hit delete. That will wipe it out. You'll notice you have a comment symbol up here next to present as well. I can click that and that'll show any notifications as well as allowing me to do a comment from there as well. We won't go through every one of these because a lot of them are similar. But the one thing I will point out is if I hover over any of these different things, it's going to tell me what that button does, such as align the different things. Do I want it centered left and right? How do I want it to be? How do I want the line space? Do I want a numbered list? Do I want bullet points? Do I want to increase or decrease an indent? Maybe I pasted something in and it came in super funky and I want to strip off the formatting. There's a button for that. There's also a button that'll give you some different formatting options as far as sizing and different rotation, the exact position of that text or image also has format options. So you can control that there as well. Different text fitting options. And one of the main ones I use and probably the only one I'll point out as we go through right now is drop shadow. And the reason I really like drop shadow and you'll see it with this image as well if I do drop shadow, you can clearly see the difference of that image popping off the screen. No drop shadow, and then drop shadow. And it makes the same difference with text. That drop shadow can be a really simple click to really improve the way your slides and different things look on your slides. One last thing I'll point out on this toolbar before we jump through, because I do want to make sure I don't take up a ton of your time as we go through. But you'll notice since I open this sidebar, I don't see all of the things on my toolbar anymore. And I know that because I got this three dot menu on the very right hand side. And now if I click that, I see my options that are cut off. Format options is what we're in. And then I also have animate. Animate is also going to be if you see motion in any of the menus, those two are the same thing. It is adding motion either to the way the slides transition, which would be controlled right here. If I click none, I can say I want it to be slide from the right. I can apply it to all my slides. And then right below that, you're going to see object animation. I was clicked on the, the text box when I click that. So that's the thing that has been added so far. But if I wanted to add this picture, I click the picture, click animation. And then as you can see, I have options to change that animation for everything. And if I want my real estate back, all I do is close that menu and I'm right back to being able to edit. And you'll notice on my default toolbar, a lot of my similar tools down this side. But if I'm not clicked on anything, I get the option to change my background which can be a color. It can also be a gradient. And notice you have custom at the bottom. So you can customize the colors of the gradient or that solid background. You can also choose an image to be the background of your slides. Make sure your image is roughly the same dimensions as your slide, meaning if I have a widescreen format, I want my picture to really kind of follow that. And if you have a certain picture you're really thinking about, why not go into that file page setup and match that size to that image so things align perfectly. 
but try if you're going to change the slide size, try and do that before you add content so you don't have any sizing issues there. We'll go ahead and hit done on that. The next thing you have is layout. So you'll notice there's a range of different options here for different layouts you can choose. The title slide is normally the main one that is populated. But if I wanted to add slides, you'll notice over here in the top left, I have a plus sign and a down arrow. If I just click the plus, it's going to randomly choose a layout for me. What I would more recommend for you to do, again, anywhere you see that down arrow, that means there's more goodness to look at. If I click on that down arrow, I can choose the type of slide layout I want, and then I don't have to do another click to change it after the fact. For me, the next slide I want is going to be this one. Whereas if I would have just clicked the plus, I can bet that that's probably not the slide that I would have gotten. So again, anytime you see that down arrow, think about clicking that so you can see all of those different options you have. Last thing on the toolbar I'll point out again, remember that when I click on an image or I click on a text box, everything after my line tool changes to match the options I have for that piece that I've added to the slides. We did, looked at text box, we looked at images. Next is going to be shapes. To add any of these in, all I would do is click it, draw, and that shape is on my screen. And then of course, after it's added, I get my toolbar of different options. And you'll notice when I put a shape in, the toolbar that comes up is my text editing options because any shape that I add, if I double click that shape, that shape is also a text box. So keep that in mind as you go through and you make your edits and you add your content. Next thing is going to be lines. And again, I see my downward arrow. So I'm going to go ahead and click on that downward arrow. And these are all the different options that I have to draw lines. You have your typical, just a straight line, no arrows. And then you can do an arrow that has an arrowhead on one side, both sides, whatever works for you. And we've already looked at commenting, backgrounds, transitions. All of those different things are there. The only one we've missed so far is theme. And if I click on that, you'll notice that theme is that box I closed when I first created this. But these are some of the default options that I could click on that are going to give a little bit of a nice spice up to my presentation without me drawing the boxes, changing the colors, doing all those things. It makes a lot of those changes for me with just one click. So if we pop back briefly here to our slide deck, you'll notice in that amount of time, we've actually covered a lot of these different things. We already hit how to access, we went through the menus, we went through the different toolbars that may come up, and we touched on version history. We also touched on commenting and tagging others. I do want to touch on just a few more things as we start to wrap up. One of those is naming and organizing. We touched on it when I created this file, but the very first thing you always want to do when you create something from scratch is make sure you name that slideshow by clicking it in the top left and then you can just type right in. As far as organization, because it's right here next to it, if I click on my star icon next to my file name, that's actually gonna put it into my starred 
right here in Google Drive. So if it's a file I know I'm going to be using a lot, I'm going to be referring back to it. Maybe I want to add that extra level of essentially bookmarking it so I can find it very easily. And again, that's your star icon here. And you can always unstar it by coming back to the file, or you can right-click it in Drive, and you'll have an option to remove that star there. The next option you have is this folder. And again, hover over things if you're not sure, because it's essentially a little cheat sheet when you do. And if I hover over the folder, it says move. And if I click that, it's going to tell me right now it's in my drive. But I can navigate down through any of these folders and then finalize that move by clicking move here. And that's going to put that file exactly where I want it. Your other option would be to find the file in Drive. And then if I click this little caret here next to where it says My Drive, it'll show all the different folders in My Drive. I can easily drag and drop that file straight into the folder I want it to be in. Or if I right click the file, I'm gonna get that same option to move to a different location. And you'll see that right here where it says move to. So you have a range of different options to get that file where you want. And last thing I'll touch on is if you wanna rename the file without opening it, if you just right click it, you're gonna have the option to rename. So those are the biggest things as far as renaming and organizing. And do remember that you can add a shortcut to files. So if you need to have it in more than one place, there is a way to do that as well. And of course, it wouldn't be Google without touching on sharing, because that's one of the biggest things that has put Google Suite, G Suite, Google Workspace, whichever name you remember it by right now, that's one of the biggest things that put it on the map. You do have your color-coded corresponding to the app share button in the top right of the files. If I click on share, it's going to give me the option to type somebody in just by an email address. I can also come down to the bottom and change it to anyone with the link. If this is in a work account, you're also going to have the option to make it shareable to your entire domain. So for instance, I work for Clark County Public Schools. So I would have an option there that says, allow anyone with the link in Clark County Public Schools to, right now it is set to view, but that could be changed to being able to comment or it can be changed to being able to edit. A lot of times if you do anybody with the link, it's gonna be just a viewer because most of the time you're probably not gonna want everybody to be able to edit it. And then on the flip side, the other way to share is from within Drive. If I right click there, you're also going to have share. And if I were to click that, and I'm not going to do it for the sake of time, but if I click on share there, as it shows you in the slide deck, if you look down through the different share options, it's going to give me the exact same menu that I had before. Either way you share it, it's doing the same thing. It's really more about convenience. If I'm in the slideshow, I'm probably going to click the share button there. If I'm in Drive, I'm probably going to right click and share from there. Whichever one works best for you is the one I definitely recommend to do. As we scan down through our table of contents here and really our agenda for the session, we've hit nearly every one that you see except for these last three on the bottom. And that's where I'm going to go ahead and wrap up. But as I look at the slide deck, 
Again, if you hover over these different toolbars, they're going to show you exactly what they are. But if you want a nice visual representation when you're not necessarily in editing, I did make these things that you could download as an image right within the slideshow. Anywhere I could, I went ahead and linked some different things in to give you further guides within the slideshow as far as different sharing things. All of these things on this sharing slide are links for you to come back to. But we'll go ahead and jump down into this template section. And the big couple things I'm going to point out is obviously remember from when we started, if I go to slides.google.com, I do have some pre-made templates at the top here that I could use and jump in with. I can still change all the colors, all the fonts, all the images, but it can give me a really nice jumpstart. But if you want something, I would say even a bit more polished, there's a few different slide um, URLs down there at the bottom for templates. Slides Mania is a fantastic resource. As I scroll down, we'll see some of the various templates that you might want to use that may fit your presentation or what you're going to do. And again, every single one of these as you come down through is all completely customizable. So maybe I really like this one. Once I click on the template, I will get this website that comes up, shows me my template, the beginnings of it at the top. You want to go ahead and keep scrolling down and it'll give you sometimes a little bit of a video of what it looks like. But down here about halfway down is when I'm actually gonna see the slides that I can click through and see what they look like. I can see the different fonts. I can see all the different colors that are in it. And then right underneath it, open in Google Slides. You can see this is that use template that I referenced a little before. Click on use template and I'm off and running. I didn't have to create any of these animations from scratch. I didn't have to do any of the interlinking between slides. I didn't have to choose fonts that work really well together. All I had to do was find a template that I really liked. And I won't go through all of these, but Slides Carnival is another one. This one helped me a ton on my second trip through grad school to get some really polished presentations out there. And again, works the same way. I would just click on one, go down, look at it, go through the different slides, make sure it is one I really like, make a copy of it, and I'm off and running with a presentation that would have taken me hours to align and design. And instead, it's taken me a couple seconds to click through. And there's three more linked in there that you may want to check out as great resources for you to, again, jumpstart, look like a rock star, but save yourself that time as you go through. I won't touch on all of these different tips, but I am going to point out two as I round out the bottom part of the presentation here. Number one, if you're on a Mac or a Mac, substitute command for this, but one of my favorite shortcuts in slides on my Windows PC is going to be control and slash. And what that does is bring up all of the keyboard shortcuts for that Google app that I'm in. So this is showing me all of the keyboard shortcuts that work within Google Slides. So I touched on just a few during this presentation, but as you can see, there are a ton more options that I can do just with keyboard shortcuts.
And again, on a Mac, command and slash or question mark. On a PC, control slash or that question mark. And it's going to show you these four slides. Since I'm in slides, if I was in docs, it would do the same thing for me. And the last thing I'll touch on is accessibility with a touch point on design. Anytime you're making a slideshow, number one, think about your audience very intently as you design it, but also think about what accessibility could be needed down the road. If you have images, one of the great things that you can do is right-click that image and add what is called alt text. And then if a screen reader comes through, it'll read that text for people that are visually impaired so they can get an idea of what that image is as well. And that is a huge thing, especially if your image is the majority of your slide. If somebody is visually impaired, they're not going to get any of that without that alt text. But also think about just the simple concept of less is more. Try just a couple fonts versus five or 10 different fonts as you come through. Try just a few different colors that work really well and hopefully provide a good amount of contrast like this white on a dark background. And there's a ton more tips that you can get out there in a quick search, but just think about your audience and think about possibilities of people in that audience that you're not thinking about as far as things like alt text, making your font nice and large and not trying to cram too much on a slide. If I knew this wasn't going to be recorded and people couldn't come back to it, I probably would have less text on different slides. And on the diagram sides, I probably would make those bigger. But think about your audience, think about less is more, and by all means, go out there and make some killer presentations. And some of these resources on these last few sides, some coming straight from Google, some bonus resources and tutorials that you can get to. And then last but not least here, you do have both the website for Global GEG, again, where every video, every presentation is going to be housed, including this one, of course, as well as the second link on that slide, which is going to be your entire playlist to all of the amazing content from all of the great Global GEG presenters that is going to teach you all of the different things you need throughout all of the beginning parts of G Suite. And I would be remiss if I didn't add in the fact that this template actually came from Slides Mania as well. So you can see that we do practice what we preach. We use some of those same things as far as templates and sites we recommend. So big shout out to Slides Mania. And I will leave it on this slide so that you do have that bit.ly again in the bottom left. And you also have the at edu, which will connect you with me on Twitter. Remember, phusedu.com will get you to my website and phusedu at gmail will get you to be able to email me because I would love to connect and work together with you on a future project and just brainstorm ideas if nothing else. But thank you guys. I hope this was very informational. I hope you share it out. And if you haven't already, make sure you like and subscribe to the Global GEG channel on YouTube because this is just one more piece in the awesome content that the group is putting out. Thank you guys very much.